2: coaches and experts on all the latest happenings in the world of byu athletics cougar sports with ben criddle returns right now on espn 960 the program has returned cougar sports on espn 960 darnell dixon and sean walker sitting in for ben criddle today he'll be back tomorrow with lots of great takes i'm sure he's been saving them up since he's been off for the last week helping get uh Everything set up at home for the arrival of Cradle Baby number 2. That is Liv. She was born last Thursday. Can't wait to meet her. Hopefully he brings her in, right? We need to meet her. Um, this segment brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah. Biomimetic dental care is healthier for your teeth and longer lasting because more natural tooth remains and materials used are hard enough to function under pressure like enamel, yet with multiple stress-reducing layers acting like a shock absorber, just like the natural dentin of the tooth. You need yourself checked out by Dr. Mike Criddle and the rest of the gang there at Dental Pros of Utah. You can do that by heading to to Check it out. Or you can call them up on the telephone, 801-756-0360. They're at 198 South, 1100 East in American Fork. That's Uh We're going to play for you an interview performed by our own Sean Walker with BYU women's volleyball standout Aaron Livingston. Uh, Aaron is a senior this year. She has over 800 kills in her career. Last year, 437 kills, which is 4.6 per outing, well, per set. Uh, She had a hitting percentage of 304, which is excellent for an outside hitter. She is going to be one of the mainstays of the BYU women's volleyball team this year. They start off the season with a blue and white scrimmage on Saturday, and then their opener is at a tournament in Missoula, Montana, against Pittsburgh one of the top five teams in the country, so they're jumping right into it. But we'll play this interview for you. This is Aaron Livingston, BYU women's volleyball star, and uh, Sean Walker conducted this interview for you. Here it is.
1: For ESPN 960, I'm here with BYU women's volleyball star. Can I say star? I'm going to say star. Um, she's like a 17th year senior, but I'm just going to say star. Uh, Aaron Livingston, thanks for joining me for a couple of minutes on the program, Aaron. Yeah,
3: thanks for having me.
1: Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you and we wanted to talk to you because you're in the middle of preseason. So obviously things are a little bit more open. You're just practicing that kind of thing, but you're coming into a year where I'll be totally real. I thought you were a senior like three times before this season. So <laughs> <Kinda
3: true>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess in some ways like yeah. COVID does weird things to eligibility, <laughs> for right? Sure. Um, but how does it feel actually being a senior? Like how does this year kind of feel different for you? I
3: guess. It's exciting. I feel like it went by fast because, you know, it's just been such a fun time here. I've learned a lot, grown a lot. And so I'm just excited to, um, have these new girls on the team, these newcomers and returners and just play with them and bring lots of energy.
1: What, uh, what is it about this team that has that, that energy that, um, In Spanish, we say "chuspa." That that hype, that uh, what I mean. What what is kind of the hype around this team?
3: Yeah, I think we put in a lot of work during the summer and got super close, and that just got us super excited for season because we got to work with each other so much, and we got to go on the foreign trip for two weeks, and so we're just all really close. We are just a really good team, and so we're excited to show what we got. Yeah.
1: Um, You mentioned the foreign trip. Right there. And I did want to touch on that a little bit because I know it was like four months ago and that was forever. Um, But just give me like a brief overview, a brief recap. How much fun was it? How exciting was it? It, What did you learn? What did you eat? I mean, just how good was it just to be with the girls and, and bonding?
3: Yeah, it was actually really cool. We got to play five games over there. So one against Egypt, three in Turkey, and one in Greece. And it was really cool because we felt like we got better every single game like and it just showed us that we were connecting more and more on the court and off the court and um that off the court connection helped us on the court and so it was just a really cool time learning from each other um we did a lot of fun activities got to explore go to the beach it was just so much fun um and yeah, the biggest thing was just the connection we had yeah. on that trip.
1: Yeah, the the off the court, the off the court elements I think are the most fun about yeah. overseas trip. Like, yes, you're playing a couple of games, you're trying to, to you know, learn what you can. Like that's that's the reason why you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you? This is going to get really personal though. Okay. What was the weirdest thing that you ate on your trip?
3: Oh, I would have to say, I didn't love lamb. I thought that was kind of gross. Really, it was like it didn't look like meat it was I don't even know it was like a bunch of meats like mixed together didn't know what I was eating so I got a little nervous and it made me sick so really? <laughs> I didn't like it <laughs> yeah so some of the meats I would say yeah, yeah, were a yeah, little yeah. interesting
1: yeah. lamb's are not even weird but you get lamb here in yeah, the La- U.S. Like... the
3: lamb here I'm like okay that was good but was it different okay it so, was so it was different, different. Okay. and just the different meats I don't even know what I was eating so. Okay. okay
1: so, newly, so uh, new vegetarian Aaron Livingston no. here on ESPN 916. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Let's talk about your team a little bit because there is – I didn't realize it until talking with your coach, with Heather Olmsted a couple minutes ago. There's a lot of experience back on this team. Mm-hmm. Between you, uh, obviously having experience, Setter and Whitney Bauer, that's a big deal, Whitney Laranus, um, and and Ari, who I think has been – Play playing for roughly 17 and a half years between her two schools, Washington State and here in BYU. Yeah. Um, but, but just how much experience is on this team and how nice is it to be able to step into a preseason knowing most of the players that you're playing with? And I guess a handful that you didn't know, you also went on an overseas trip, so that probably helps some, but how nice is that?
3: It's really nice. I think us seniors have really, you know, had this standard for our team and are trying to uphold that. And, you know, hold everyone accountable and motivate everyone to just be their best, be the best they can be. And so um, I think us seniors, it's just so much fun like yeah. being together for this long and then having these newcomers come in and just help connect with them too. And so well, we it just feels like a family on problem. our team. So it's really fun.
1: Is, is there All-star right here? All-star. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> See, I'm not the only one.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there, is there a, like a newfound, I'm gonna use the word expectation but that's probably not the right word that I that I want to use because it puts too much pressure I think in that word but is there is there like a new feeling about being a senior that makes you feel a little bit more like a team mom in some ways (laughs) like I got to take care of these girls I got to lead these girls that kind of thing
3: um honestly I try not to think that way because you know every year we, every single person wants to be a leader on this team sure. and everybody can be a leader. And we talk about that all the time. You've kind of been
1: a, a leader since you were like a sophomore <laughs> too.
3: So so. But like, we're like freshmen have a voice, transfers have a voice. So I think, yes, we have more like responsibility to, you know, let people what's, know what's going on and know, have them know what the ex- expectation is. Sure. But also we believe that everybody has a voice and everybody matters. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll drop that word expectations again um, because I know internally there are never any higher expectations than within the BYU women's volleyball program. Externally, there are a lot of expectations on this team. You're going into a new conference, brand new Big 12, um, the uh, the, the 13 teams or so that are playing there, mostly new teams. You've faced a couple over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, I can't remember if you were on the this team the last time Texas came here. That was one of the mo- f- most fun volleyball environments yeah. I've ever experienced. It was awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, but most of these teams are pretty new, mm-hmm. and yet preseason coaches poll comes out, and here's a whole bunch of people that are only tangentially familiar with their, their program going, watch out for this BYU team. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is that validating to kind of hear that and be like, oh, like these people from Texas and Baylor and – and Cincinnati, Kansas, whatever—like they're like they know of us. They know who we are. We're BYU. They know what we can bring. Like, is that validating at all for, for you guys? Sh-
3: for sure it is. And I think it's just really cool to see that honor from so many people. And you know, obviously we have to prove it. We got to go out there, play our game. But um, I think we're just all really excited to prove it and play those new teams, and you know, so- see what we got from working so yeah. hard in the summer and preseason. And so yeah. it's really exciting.
1: Well and Heather, before you even get to conference play, you've got another I say brutal, mm-hmm. uh Heather will say challenging, yeah. insert word whatever you want here, but another really tough non conference slate. Mm-hmm. Starting really early with one of their first matches of the season against a team you become probably too familiar with yeah. the last couple of years in <laughs> Pitt. When you saw Pitt pop up on your non conference schedule, was was there a little bit of like, oh yeah, that one circled like we want we want those girls over there?
3: Yeah. I was so excited because I want to play as much as we can. They're such a good team, and um, yeah, we just we just want to go out there, work hard, and try and beat them. And so, yeah. I, and I think we can. And um, they have a lot of returners that are amazing, and so it's just going to be really fun to play them again, and you know, see what see what we got this year against them. Yeah, for sure. Here, for
1: sure. Uh, BYU volleyball outside hitter Aaron Livingston joining me on ESPN nine sixty. And I will get you out of here on this because it is you are going into your senior year, all of that excitement. We've discussed all that. But for you personally, what are some of your personal I don't know if you set goals or expectations or just what do you hope to get out of this year? More than any more than anything else, because it is kind of your last go around your last hurrah. If mm-hmm. you
3: yeah, I, one of I have three goals and two of them. Um, We want to win the Big 12. We want to win a national championship, and I hope to become All-American. And so um, those goals come from just wanting to win with my team. I want to help my team win, be that person that motivates my teammates, has lots of energy. And so um, we all have those goals of winning the Big 12 and winning a national championship. So that's big goals for me.
1: I always say, if you don't want to win at all, why are you playing? For sure. Yeah. It's good to to have realistic expectations, but also if you don't want to win, don't play.
3: Yeah. Right? Totally.
1: Erin Livingston, she gets it right there. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. BYU senior Erin Livingston. uh, Last year, over 400 kills. She has the highest contact point of any player I've seen in a while she really extends herself gets up yep. jumps high she's 6'2 already and so she's able to put the ball right where she wants it this team really starts with Whitney Bauer at setter this is her fifth season as a starter because they did have that spring season yep. during covid and she's going to It only feels like
1: it's been 17 yeah, years. She uh, she's
2: probably going to break the um assist record for rally scoring while she's at BYU. She's a terrific defensive player as well. Um, and then Aaron as your outside hitter, your leading hitter. Um, Whitney Lorenas is coming coming back for a fifth year, and she's going to play middle. I think there's a couple of things that really intrigue me about this team. One is, who's going to be the other pin hitter? Do they make Kate Pryor the opposite, Mm. or do they put her in the middle? Because she's a middle blocker, but she played some opposite last year. Um, Do we get to see one of the freshmen, Brielle Camivore, who's a 6'5", Mm -hmm. step in as a middle blocker. And I was looking this up because I was interested, Sean. You you, you would appreciate this. This is the first time that BYU and Heather Olmstead haven't had either or Kennedy Eschenberg and uh, Heather Knighting as a middle blocker since 2016. First time since 2016 because that was uh, Kennedy's first year. And then the next year, Heather Knighting came in. and She was freshman of the year in the conference. And then um, Kennedy played five years because of COVID. And then Heather went on a mission in between. So that extended it. So the first time in in seven years that Heather Olsen hasn't looked out there and seen either Kennedy Eschenberg. Or Heather, Heather, Heather Knight, yeah. So one of the
1: two has always been at least one of the two has yeah, always been. at on least the court they, court they played together. They Heather's played a little tenure. bit.
2: Uh, yeah. So I think that's going to be something that's worth watching. That other outside position, you've got Elise Stoll coming back, who had some good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Addie Benson, who's a freshman who's pretty good. You have Claire Little, who committed to BYU when she was 14 years old. I did a story on it, called her and talked to her mom and her uh, about the story. I'm excited to see what she can do. They were both able to go, by the way. Brielle, and Claire on the European trip. They were able to join the team yep. in time. So that's really big for them. Um, yeah, I think uh,
1: the entire roster as constituted saved two players. I think there were two players that weren't able to go, and that's including some of the incoming freshmen and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I know Lena Demuni was on that trip Yeah. Uh, for sure, the, sure. the incoming the freshman center from Timview
2: right and and then you've got Eden Bauer Whitney's sister who's also competing at that outside hitter spot so those are some of the things that I'll be watching on Saturday for the blue and white game to kind of see how those players are coming along and certainly a lot of respect for this program to be picked second in a conference that produced the national champion last year in Texas
1: yep the defending national champion, and a lot of respect personally for Aaron Livingston. She was one of four players in the uh, Big Twelve preseason coaches poll to be a unanimous All-Conference selection. Um, only four players in the entire conference had that had that pick, and, and Aaron was one of them. I I think she is um, whatever the opposite of a question mark is <laughs> in this lineup, and the exclamation point. I guess um, she is the she is the exact opposite of a question mark. But I think you're right, Darnell. Like how. How Colt said kind of runs around her is a little bit yet to be determined. There are a couple of players that can play in particular both opposite and middle blocker that they're right. trying to figure out. You mentioned Kate Pryor. Obviously, she'll be a sophomore this year. Mia Lee, I think is another one. who um, High riser. Yeah, she's, she's going to have a role on this team, but I do think it's a little bit up in the air whether it's at middle or at opposite, the six-footer out of Mountain View High School. Um, there as well, so I'd, I'd throw her name in there as well.
2: Yeah, we don't want to ignore passing because that's a very important part of volleyball. Uh, BYU returns uh, defensive specialist libero Aria McComber, who transferred from Washington State last year, was was a key contributor. And then they also picked up a really important um, libero slash DS in Cami uh, uh, Hiapo who played at University of Arizona for three years, has well over a 1,000 digs in her career, and she's with the program now. I did request to talk to her in the preseason, but uh, Heather put a nix on that, so we'll have to wait till she plays in order to talk to her. Uh, the Good passing newcomer rules. Yeah, the, the newcomer rules. The yeah. passing part of it is super important. Um, when you look at last year's loss um, in the, the – uh, NCAA tournament and the previous year's loss in the NCAA tournament. It really comes down to how well you can pass your opponents uh, serves in key moments. And so those players are going to be pretty critical as well. I'm excited, as I mentioned, to see Whitney Bauer play her senior year. Uh, she's been such a great player for this program. Her, her She's got a younger sister who's already committed to BYU, another setter. So Selena DiMuni will have a little bit of competition for what's going to happen in the next years after that. But it's always odd to see these four- and five-year Athletes that when they leave, you're like, now I, I just had, like with Mary Lake. It's like it seems like I've always watched Mary Lake at BYU, and then she left and then she graduated. Yeah, so
1: I still have to expect her to walk out during pregame warm ups whenever I go to a match because yeah. she was there for so long. Yeah. yeah,
2: so this will be another one of those programs for BYU entering in the Big 12 that is expected to be competitive right at the top. Texas did lose some good players, but they always recruit great players and get recruits. BYU plays at Texas uh, on consecutive nights during the the season in fact i looked at some of the travel that by if they're going to travel roughly about 3,000 more miles this year to play conference games than they did last year in the west coast conference which is obviously on the west coast not very long trips Uh, they play the same number of conference games nine on the road but they play at least i think three of those are uh doubles where they play two times either on a saturday monday thing or a um, a Thursday, Friday, or something like that. So the schedule a little bit different. I, I really want to ask Heather when I talk to her about any different preparations they make for the additional travel, if there's things that they do to try to keep those kids fresh because they, they aren't used to that schedule. They're used to playing either, you know, in the West Coast Conference, they play Thursday, Saturday on the road. They play a road trip like that, or they play Thursday, Saturday at home. They've got a few Monday games. We know BYU doesn't practice on Sunday. So there are some accommodations and changes they have to make in their their pre-game rituals as they get into this Big 12. But they will be competitive, Sean. I think there's no question. Yeah. This is a, a team that's really got some good players, a few holes to fill, and uh, I'm excited to see some of the newer players step up and try to fill those roles.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the biggest change with the travel, too, is, is distance-wise, going to the core of the conference, that Texas-Oklahoma area, it's not a huge difference. Just straight up distance-wise, like as the crow flies, yeah. uh, if you will, to a lot of the the West Coast Conference teams in California and whatnot. But there is a big difference traveling eastward versus traveling west. Yeah. Um, as opposed, you, when you when you gain an hour as opposed to losing an hour and that kind of thing, that can slow throw off. You feel that travel a little bit more. So I think that's definitely a consideration that a lot of BYU teams are going to be having and, and they're going to be looking into. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple of their their mental mental strength staff um, about some of those things and they they said they're aware of it they're looking into some things whether it's flying in an extra hour or two early or or those kinds of things that they're kind of looking at and but i do expect there will be probably some experimentation in the first year as well
2: coming up next on the program what's cooking with the cougars you don't want to miss it darnell Dixon and sean walker on cougar sports on espn 960 will return after these brief messages And you're heading home after a long day. Now the question becomes, what are you going to pick up for dinner? Ben Criddle
0: tells you what you should pick up and also gives you the latest news that's cooking with BYU Sports in What's Cooking with the Cougars here on ESPN 960.
2: Cougar Sports on ESPN 960, What's Cooking with the Cougars, brought to you by Fat Daddy's Pizzeria. Pizza is perfect for any occasion, family time, tailgates, watch parties, celebrations, whatever you got going Only Fat Daddy's has the one-of-a-kind 24-inch-sized Fat Daddy's Pizza. There are two locations, one at 223 West Center Street in Provo, one at 93 South State Street in Orem. Both locations now offer gelato, very tasty. Milkshakes are back on the menu in the Provo store. If you mention ESPN 960, you get eight free garlic nuts. And it's pizza made right, New York City style, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, FatDaddy'sPizzeria.com. Make sure you check them out when you are in need of pizza. Our What's Cooking with the Cougars segment is going to lead it off with a nice little surprise for former BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. He's handling his business with the Minnesota Vikings in his rookie season. Uh, sat down for an interview and was surprised a little bit via Fanatics with a former BYU quarterback, great, giving him some words of support. And uh, we're going to listen to that bit of information right now. Uh, we're we're uh, uh, I set it up, but not quite right now. Technical Time to In just a moment, we'll be listening to this former BYU quarterback. Great. This this is one of the cool. I will I'll,
1: I'll help you set this up though, because this was one of the coolest things that I saw on my social media feed this morning. Um,
2: yeah, you posted it. Yeah,
1: literally just a just a, a an image of, and we see these things a lot. It was from fanatics. Fanatics put blasted on their social channels of. Uh, newly signed athletes that are sitting sitting down and they're going to do a kind of a mock interview and they usually wind up, you know, they don't wind up being like hard hitting or anything like that. Right. Um, and so Fanatics was, was setting this up like they were doing this with Jaron Hall, now the Minnesota Vikings rookie. Um, and as he gets kind of settled into the locker room, they lob like one or two softballs at him. And then a special voice appears sort of over him with the pre-taped message that I thought was,
2: was kind of cool let's listen to it right now I'm a
1: backwards hat kind of guy, is that okay?
2: Jaron Hall, I play for the Minnesota Vikings it's it's crazy, that didn't sound right coming out of my mouth to be honest you know, it takes me getting used to it Hey Jaron, Steve Young coming to you from my swagger wagon and I wanted to congratulate you welcome to the league, Vikings are amazing Kirk Cousins is a good friend, tell him hi he'll teach you a lot of good stuff and anything he doesn't know I'm sure I know, so you can always come to me. You're a great man, uh, I think a lot of you, and best of luck, much love to you.
3: The man right there. It's a, it's a special dude on and off the field. Um, no, it's crazy man, it's a legend right there. That means a lot, you
2: know, I take the time to do that. So, yeah, it's a so special. Yeah, Jaron seemed pretty touched by that whole episode and he, he I'm sure he's run into Steve before. The oh, quarterbacks yeah. tend to have a pretty tight circle. But to get that message kind of unexpectedly seemed to hit him pretty well.
1: Yeah, and he grew up just down the road at Maple Mountain High School. Both his parents are former Cougar athletes, uh Kalen and, and Holly. Um and so he's been around I'm sure he's been around plenty of, of kind of star struck BYU alums and whatnot, but you could tell there was a little extra, something special between uh, Steve Young, the uh, the all timer I'll, I'll say it, the all time,er um, and Jaron Hall that I thought was kind of cool, kind of kind of unique, kind of fun.
2: Can I tell you a Steve Young story? Oh boy! So when I was a cub reporter, does it involve
1: him being left handed? Because no, it I hear you two have a special connection. We do
2: have a connection, both left handed. Uh, <laughs> I was a cub reporter and I was assigned to cover this at Smith's, the grocery store. Steve Young was coming to promote promote a new sports drink or energy bar or something. I forget what it was necessarily. But um, we waited for like 45 minutes for him to get there, us, myself, and a bunch of BYU fans. And the reception he got walking in 45 minutes late. Now, if I walk in 45 minutes late, people are throwing things at me and telling me to get out and never come back. Steve Young walks in, and everyone's so excited to see him. They don't care that he's 45 minutes late. And in my story, I wrote, be be re, be reasonable if you're a BYU fan. If Steve Young drove his car into your living room, accidentally, you you'd, you'd ask him. You'd ask him, "Hey, you want to stay for dinner?" <laughs> right? Wouldn't you? That's a good lead. Yeah, I, I liked how I how he phrased that. But that was my Steve Young story. That's the first time I'd ever met him. Um, but it, it was nice to see him step up and make a nice little gesture for Jaron, who's going through his first NFL training camp, doing well according to what we can hear, what we've been told. Uh, not a lot of pressure on him to be the starter, but that could change at any moment. Kirk Cousins could go sure. down then. What What happens, right? Yeah, 40-year-old Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He's um, not actually 40. Our BYU sports section, we're going to start off with that. And then from Brandon Gurney today, BYU players 1 through 25 in our top 25, number 14, is Aiden Robbins. This is what Ben Criddle had to say about Aiden. He's a one-cut, get-up-the-field type, which plays well in Aaron Rodrick's wide-zone scheme. I think that's an important point to make. That as a big guy, he's not going to be one of those dart around a offensive linemen, stop and start. Mm-hmm. He's like, put my foot in the ground. Here I come at 240 pounds. Can you stop me?
1: Yeah, yeah. And the, it's the type of running back that BYU has scarcely had, in it's in its football history, maybe even ever, but certainly scarcely. They don't get those big, brutish ball carriers. Like that, uh, you know, three, two 240 pounds. That's, that is a massive load to try to take down. And yet he's still got some really good speed. You know, he ran for over a thousand yards last year at UNLV, outpaced a lot of Mount West defenses. We'll see what he can do going up against the uh, Big 12 defenses, but I I like what we've seen out of Aiden Robbins. He looks fully healthy. He had hand surgery during the spring, so he missed all the spring. He's he's back. He's fully ready to go. He's taking reps with the ones. I like what we've seen out of practice for the first two weeks at least.
2: If he reaches his potential this year, what he's capable of doing, he'll be higher than number 14 on this list at the end of the year. Yeah, that's for what sure. I would say.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of really good running backs, uh, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, really high on another running back not named it. Not named Aiden Robbins. Uh, That's freshman L.J. Martin. Says he's been one of the standouts in camp so far. Quote, he's one of the best players on this team. He's already proven he's going to be a player for us this season. This on an interview that aired earlier this morning on BYU Sports Nation. So are you buying or selling uh, L.J. Martin, Darnell?
2: I'm still on the fence just a little bit because I feel like there's a couple of guys ahead of him in the rotation, that I'm not sure what kind of opportunities he's going to get in the meat of the schedule. He may get some early on, because you can still play, what, one-third of the games? Or yeah, red, four games. Four games. Yep, four games. And still take a redshirt year. I think that, you know, and, and that's something that when we talk about BYU's schedule and the difference between independent and playing in the Big 12, a lot of these games where the athletes could play in those games occurred later in the season. You know, in the, the past. In, right, in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah. Now, they're at the beginning where they have – a Sam Houston or a Southern Utah coming in where maybe those guys get a few reps so they get some, some action against in real game time and see what they're like.
1: Yeah, play somebody against Sam yeah. Houston State, and if they don't handle it as well, then okay, you know who's redshirting this year. And if they do, then they work their way into the rotation more.
2: But sure. certainly L.J. Martin has turned a few heads early on. He's only been in camp for two weeks. But he's, yeah. he's looked every bit the part of a three- or four-star running back that they thought he was going to be.
1: Yeah, I know the entire running back room is also very high on him. Uh, Dion Smith told us the other day that, that they call LJ, he's everyone's little brother. Um, I don't know if that's just an age joke or, or if it has something to do with kind of the hierarchy in that running back room. But all of those RBs seem to love LJ Martin, and I think BYU fans are going to love him whenever his time on the field is, for
2: sure per Jason Shear yesterday Brett Yarmark in an interview recently said that expansion is over for now and they've reached their goal uh, the focus will be on integrating the new schools and figuring out scheduling because this year you've got <coughs> excuse me 14 next year you've got 16 and that creates some yeah, How does very the team go from 14 scheduling.
1: to 16 by losing two schools?
2: Yeah, addition by subtraction. As a matter of fact, Sean I wanted to tell you when Early, this is, again, another story from early in my, my uh, cub reporter days at BYU or at uh, the Daily Herald. There was an indoor football team in Orem called the Cats, C-A-T-Z-Z, yep. right? Oh, yeah. There was a game that I covered where I was doing an interview with the head coach, and he was telling me about some of the results from the rest of the league. So the Cats lost and moved up two places in the standings because two teams went out of business.
1: Oh, they folded? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and I thought... That's one of the most unusual ways to gain standings. It doesn't really bode well for the league, and it did not, because that league didn't survive for very long. But that that was something that just made me think about this when you were talking about how many teams you have in the league. Relegation by, R- by subtraction yeah. or something like
1: that. RIP to the Orem Cats, predecessors <laughs> to the Utah County Thunder. Yes,
2: absolutely. Uh, per Brett McMurphy, on Pac-12's demise, this is from Brady McCullough, George Kovalchuk tried blocking UCLA's move to the Big 12 or the Big Ten rather with Cal uh, Regents. Then in October 2022, ESPN offered Pac-12 30 million dollars a school, but a Pac-12 president worked with a professor on his campus who estimated the school's market value was 50 million dollars per school. So Pac-12, based on this professor's advice, asked for 50 million dollars per school. ESPN said no. Okay.
1: <laughs> the the ever-present question with the Pac-12, as everybody sorts through the ashes, that is, that conference will be, what would have happened if they hadn't have overvalued themselves? Yes. Could they still be, they wanted to play on the level of the Big Ten and the SEC. If they had played on the level of the Big 12 and the ACC, would things have turned out completely differently? And do you, do you I think, have a hunch that they would
2: have. Do you think that Brett Yormark would have, if the rules had been reversed and the Pac-12 had the contract with Fox and ESPN, the linear contract, and then, BY, then uh, the Big 12 was forced to kind of look at the Apple TV+. Do you think Brett Yormark would have pulled the trigger on that, or would he have tried to play hardball with ESPN and get them to sign them for for at least what the the Pac-12 was signed for?
1: I, I think ESPN and or Fox probably would have been his first bet. I feel like Brett Yormark also is a could have been a little bit more self aware and potentially taken less money. So they're not they wouldn't sign with an ESPN at, you know, thirty one, thirty two million right. per school, obviously, if if the inventory's not there. But maybe there's an option for you know a twenty million dollar primary contract from ESPN supplemented right. with Apple TV, Amazon the CW we're yeah. seeing trying to jump into college sports right now. Uh, maybe, maybe there would have been something, something there. From everything that's being reported after the demise of the Pac-12, it sounds like that was that was like a non-starter for all of these schools. Right. You've got Arizona State President Michael Crow who's still trying to push that the Apple TV deal was this. Uh, what, what, what's the phrase he used 23rd century Star Trek like thing <laughs> because uh, they were gonna digitize games and make them playable on your iPhone Which Michael is crow what your TV has yeah.
2: been doing for Michael 10 crow years
1: have you never watched an episode of <laughs> Ted lasso or hijack <laughs> we all know how Apple TV plus works good sir yeah I'm not even saying it was a bad deal MLS is all on Apple TV to plus, him it plus, feels like Star Trek yeah it, may, it maybe it feels like Star century. Trek to him um, Apple TV plus is a thing MLS plays all their games on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. I'm a soccer fan. Like I, 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 know where they're at. It's 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 a fine deal, uh, but it also felt like it was a non-starter for two thirds of the university presidents there, and for those who even liked it, um, maybe, maybe even just as much. Why
2: don't you take this next one? Rams head coach Sean McVay uh, with some interesting comments oh, yeah. about Puka Nakua.
1: Yeah, this was this was kind of cool to see. Uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay asked about Puka Nakua, who's been one of the nice surprises of camp there in Los Angeles. Quote, he's physical, tough, no fear. He has great aggressive hands. He's doing a great job. I'm a huge fan of him. This uh, is your
2: head coach saying
1: that? Yeah, this is, this is coming straight out of the head coach, and it comes just a couple of days after Cooper Cup. Uh, gave Puka a very ringing endorsement. Said he's one of the toughest guys he's ever practiced with, and that kind of thing. All of these comments. Now, we like to talk about training camp all stars a lot in the media. Who's going to be the training camp all star? You know, the guy that everybody's talking about in the preseason, and then they, you know, they play in three games during the year, that kind of thing. Uh, Puka could be that guy, I guess, for the Rams technically. But I get the feeling with all of this positive momentum that he's building up, that he's going to have some some kind of a role. As a
2: rookie with this Rams offense,
1: am I am I way off base here?
2: No, it, it does seem that way. And and anybody, and I, I wrote about this today in our one on one. Jared and I talked about this. or wrote about this with with Puka. Is he was a dominant high school player. He was a dominant college player. Why do you think he's not going to be a dominant professional player? Because the way he approaches the game, every practice is like a, a, a trip to the toy store for him. He loves to practice. And the coaches told us at BYU last year and the year before, sometimes they have to tell him, dude, it's just practice, okay? We need you for the game. Don't, don't get yourself killed practicing. But he loves to practice so much. And when you are trying to make a football team in the NFL, you need to stand out, and that's one of the ways he stands out. In, in terms of his aggressive hands, he does have very strong hands. I also think he's extremely flexible. He can put his body into a lot of different positions to catch the ball, which is important in the NFL because you're usually going to have a defender very close to you. So you have to be physical. And and his speed, he always surprises people with his speed. People, you look at his 40 time, you're like, okay. But he has definite football speed where he's going to run away from guys and he's going to be hard to catch and bring down because he's a big physical guy. So I do see him playing a role this year for the Rams with their, their receiver rotation.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think he's going to be somewhere in there. You know, I don't think he's a starter by any means, but I think he's going to get significant reps as a rookie. Uh, and for a guy who is a late-round draft pick, I think, it's, I think anything there can has to be considered a success at this point.
2: From USA Basketball, because of the effort of guys like Eric Mika, former Cougar, the U.S. men's basketball team is qualified for the FIBA World Cup. From Las Vegas to Malaga to Abu Dhabi, Eric Mika, who played in two qualifying windows, is now tasked and preparing the national team to make a run in Manila. Uh, Former BYU obviously center, Eric Mika, left after a couple of years, bounced around um, overseas playing some ball, played a little bit in the G League, has had a cup of coffee, if you want to call it that, with a few NBA teams, but he's right now one of the veterans and really helping to lead this USA men's basketball team into the FIBA World Cup. And there's a Story on, on in, uh, the USAB.com. You can look it up if you want to read about what he's bringing to the team. Uh, I think he's improved his ball handling in his professional mm-hmm. career, his outside shooting. He's always been a tremendous rebounder, a big physical player, and isn't afraid to take tough shots. And so he's really excelling with the U.S. men's national team right now.
1: Yeah, I really liked uh, this quote from Eric in the story. Again, it's over at uh, USA Basketball, USAB.com. Uh Quote, we had a really good group of guys for both windows I played in. Great coaching staff, all the support in the world from top to bottom. I really feel like everyone bought in. Espe- obviously, when everyone is new together and there are some moments where you feel like you don't know what you're doing, uh, if you're ever going to be able to figure it out in that short amount of time, it came together beautifully for us both times. Uh, he- he's really... Eric's done a really nice job of, of building out a basketball career for somebody who never really had like that breakout or breakthrough moment in the NBA. You know, a couple call ups here and there, but for the most part, he's kind of had to patch it together in, in China or in Europe or a couple of stints in the G League. Um, but he's really turned into a, a, a nice mentor for a lot of young players. He was uh, um, I remember at the I was covering the. Um, g league all star game in Salt Lake City earlier this year scoot Henderson was up there, one of the big headliners, obviously the number two number three pick in the draft um i guess now uh this uh this past summer, and I asked scoot, who was playing for g league ignite at the time about playing with Eric Mika, who was with ignite uh down in henderson and he said, oh yeah that's uh you know that's my big brother like he's always." You know, you come into practice, he'll put his arm around you, like, show you what you need to do. If you screwed up in a game, he'll take you aside and, like, tell you where you screwed up, how you can get better, um, that kind of thing. But, like, he's really just sort of embraced this, like, mentorship role um, for a lot of younger basketball players who who probably have higher ceilings than he's had in his professional career but um i think that's pretty cool to see from a guy who who's just matured and has become a bit more of a developed veteran a grizzled veteran they might say um and now he's doing the same thing with his podcast uh all for nothing
2: byu olympic sports number 17 byu women's volleyball will kick off you know i i have a i have a pet peeve i don't know why but you don't kick off in volleyball you i I guess you serve off right you kick off in soccer. You tip kick off, off in football. You yeah. tip off in basketball. Do you tip Do off? You, you in You don't volleyball really tip off. In I think you serve off, right? You, you just yeah.
1: I mean, first serve, receive timing, serve, yeah. or serve.
2: I don't know. Yeah. It's a pet peeve of mine. But anyway, this is what it says. This is what BYU SIDs wrote. BYU Number,
1: women's volleyball will first serve.
2: <laughs> first, there you go. First serve. It's 2023 season with a blue and white scrimmage at the Smith Field House on Saturday at one o'clock. Cougars look to build upon their 22 and seven record last year in an NCAA tournament second round berth. Uh, in 2022, they embark on year one, or uh, 2023, they embark on year one as members of the Big 12 Conference. BYU was picked to finish second in the Big 12 behind defending NCAA champion Texas by the league's coaches, senior setter Whitney Bauer, and outside hitter Aaron Livingston, both named in the preseason All Big 12 team. The Blue White Scrimmage will be free, a non ticketed event with open seating, and will not be televised or streamed, which is interesting because the BYU Women's Soccer Blue and White game was streamed. It was streamed on BYU TV. Oh, well, yeah. no, on ESPN+. Plus.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so interesting choice there. Yeah. But women's soccer does have a game later that night. Yes, so true. I wonder if there are some staffing...
2: Issues. Probably or equipment or yeah, something with, like that with broadcasting. take soccer
1: for us yeah uh, speaking of the 13th ranked BYU women's soccer team will take on number 21 st. Louis in a top 25 matchup Thursday at Southfield you can find that 7 p.m Mountain daylight time on big 12 now on ESPN plus we talked about this earlier in the show Darnell I don't need to rehash it too much but uh, if you haven't signed up for ESPN plus if you're a BYU fan I highly recommend it. You're going to see most of your Olympic sports there. Um, Probably a good chunk of basketball is going to be on there. Um, Even a football game this year we know is going to be on there. The uh, SUU game is on there. Maybe even one other, depending on how the game
2: goes. Who knows? Uh, it's part of the new reality, for better or worse. Well, and a couple of you know, if you enjoy Greg Rebell calling the women's soccer games, he calls most of them on ESPN. He Plus. is calling
1: them on ESPN Plus this year. Yeah, yeah. no radio broadcast.
2: He right, called. radio broadcast yeah. has actually moved to women's basketball. I don't know if everybody knows oh, that, really? but yeah, that's what I've been told is that women's basketball will be radio broadcast this year. I, I believe Jason Shepherd's going to be handling that, mm. but that's all still still kind of in the works. Not been officially announced. But uh that, that will be something that you can look forward to in your car if you're driving around, you can listen to BYU women's basketball. There you go. There
1: you go. So no so out with women's soccer on the radio, yes. in with women's basketball. But still that Greg Rebel yeah. on ESPN. So plus. Greg Rebel that's why Greg Rebell is moving full time to ESPN plus you can okay. catch him and uh Carlos Winston Hanselum on the call this Thursday.
2: I believe she's gonna be on the show Friday, yeah. is that right? Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, we're, we're
1: trying to, we're hoping things work out with her Working for Friday. Her, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, BYU men's golf incoming freshman Cooper Jones qualified for match play at the U.S. Amateur, so congratulations to him. Uh, some college football news per Pete Thamel. Cool moment from Fresno State. And you were talking earlier, Sean, about how many of the BYU football coaches are serve Spanish speaking missions. Yep. Right? Uh, so,
1: Aaron Roderick served in Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. Uh, you had a Kelly Yeah who served, uh, I can't remember where he served now. Jay Hill was in Puerto Rico, I know that. And uh, Steve Clark, Lima, Peru. was
2: Peru, yeah, yes. So, yeah. so cool, cool moment from Fresno State, the first exclusively Spanish-language television broadcast in football, FBS college football history, in partnership with Univision, Fresno, and Bakersfield. The game will be broadcast on Unimas throughout the Central Valley in Spanish. Uh,
1: yeah, so Fresno State hosting the first ever... All exclusive, over exclusively Spanish-language television broadcasts over the air. The right. English version will be streamed live on the Mountain West Network uh, as well for their opener this weekend. But in terms of over-the-air linear network, um, it is all Spanish-language. And I think this is pretty cool, because I think there are secretly a lot of Spanish-speaking American football fans, uh, both in this country and even south of the border in, in Mexico. Did you know Darnell Dixon... Trivia time. Okay, there is actually a professional football league in Me- Mexico. I did not know that. Liga Profesional de Fútbol Americano. Wow, it that's, exists. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it is a thing. They've got I think they've got uh, something like 12 teams or something like that. Uh, one of the powerhouses uh, are in uh, Monterrey, just uh, in northern Mexico, across the border. Fundadores, they're called. Um, yeah, there's an entire professional league down there. There's a college system, although it's a little bit more hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Sometimes schools that have a team one year suddenly don't have a team the next year, so they're kind of back and forth here and there. But Big 12 wants to play football games in Be- in Mexico, basketball games in Mexico, and there is a little bit of, fa- of a foundation down there.
2: Okay. Yeah. All right, that's all we have for today. I want to thank our guest, Laveni Ivaca, for joining us. Don't forget, BYU Women's Soccer tomorrow night, number 13, Cougars. I guess number 21, St. Louis at Southfield. If, if you don't, if you haven't been to a BYU Women's Soccer game, um, once the season starts, once the students get in town, those tickets are super hard to come by. So in the preseason yeah. is your opportunity before students get here to actually get in and get a good seat and watch these guys play. They're very exciting. They play a high-press system where they're always – trying to get possession of the ball. They're pushing it forward. They're getting the ball to the midfield. They've got some great passing forwards and great passing midfielders. Yep, um, It's just a really fun game to watch. Um, we also want to thank Ronald back at the studios for putting the show together for us. Thank Gav for the social media. Thank you, Sean, for coming in today and being a co-host. We do have some some uh, updated news for you as far as, as the, the show. Ben Criddle is still going to be hanging out at home and getting things set up with his new baby in tow. We're going to give him a little more time. So you've got Brandon Gurney and Sean Walker taking you through the next two days as we get closer to the start of football season. You guys, thanks for stepping in and helping Ben out so he can get that all figured out at home. So we're anticipating Ben Criddle returning on Monday Yeah. on the program.
1: Hey, can I can I, can I get you guys out of here on, on one final question? Yes. I asked this off the air. I want to get you guys on the record response. So, Gav uh Ronald I'll start we'll start with Darnell, but I want you guys to weigh in here too and then we'll get out of here on this okay uh Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports has a story that just went live about an hour ago um that uh ACC expansion is still in the works Stanford has tapped Condoleezza Rice noted alum uh former uh secretary of state I think it was Condi um and uh, she's also a professor at Stanford who's been making calls with some ACC schools lobbying for the cardinal in the ACC uh, SMU has done the same with former President George Bush, who has a library named after him at SMU as well. Uh, no word on whether or not Marshawn Lynch is doing the same with Cal. We shall see. Um, but if BYU had to had to tap a celebrity or politician or former legend of some kind to try to make calls for inclusion into a conference, who would you want calling on behalf of the
2: Cougars? Donny Osmond. No, um... Donnie, that's actually a good one. Oh, I like that, Darnell. Donnie and Marie set it up for us. Yeah. Uh, I I would suggest, and even though he's a very polarizing figure, is Mitt Romney, would be a guy that would fit that role.
1: I, I feel like he's got some strings. I feel yeah. like he's got some strings. Old, old Mittens does. Yeah, I think
2: that's a good one. Think outside the box, Ron. You can do it. Kevin, you got one? I would go Danny Ainge or Steve Young. Danny Ainge okay. or Steve Young. I mean,
1: I know it's not as Steve good as Mary Young, Mary, but... Steve Young is a BYU law graduate, so it yes. feels like he could kind of work that angle a little bit, you know, to help write out the contract some. So I like that one, for sure. Ronald, you got one?
0: This is tough if John I...
1: do no. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, the Gav also had said... You know, he said Danny Ainge, Steve Young. I'm trying to think of Utah. Mm. Mm. Do I want to say David Archuleta? Do I want to say that one?
1: Mm. David Archuleta is a good one. He was uh, temporarily a BYU student. He was. I don't know if he ever got his degree, but he was technically a former BYU student. Aaron
2: Eckert.
0: Okay, these are my final two. My final two would have to be, as of right now, I would either go David Archuleta or Dwayne Wade. I feel like one of those two.
1: Oh, Dwayne Wade because of his Utah, Utah Jazz connection. connection. Because of his Utah Jazz yeah. connection. I feel I like, like that. that's, a,
0: that's a good one. So those would be my two is David Archuleta or Dwayne Wade.
1: I feel like Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith would probably want to argue oh, on would, BYU's behalf. Sure. He would. Maybe, the,
0: the Millers yeah. maybe as well, who you know. Yeah. You, th- th- that might be another good one. So,
1: But maybe Ryan also taps Dwayne. D Wade to be kind of the face of that approach. So that's actually a good idea. Uh, I think uh, BYU BFA graduate Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, I did mention um, him too. Harvey yeah. Dent himself. Yes. Uh, is probably the one that you want to go there.
2: Although, does he still claim BYU? I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't know if sure. he does. I don't know if he does anymore.
2: No, Roseanne Barr was born yeah. in Utah. Was she? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Grew up in Utah. Okay. All right, that's what we'll do. We're going to close our computers and turn off the Internet. But we'll be back tomorrow on the program. It's Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. Have a really good rest of your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again soon.